0: In July of 1863, in these peaceful fields in rural Pennsylvania, two armies clashed, and in the eyes of many historians, decided the fate of the American Civil War. In a series of decisive engagements on July 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, citizen soldiers from North and South clashed in what would become known as the Battle of Gettysburg. By studying this battle, we can learn some valuable combat lessons and learn a little about the lineage and honors of some of the Army National Guard's oldest units. By July of 1863, the brutal fighting in the American Civil War had reached a bloody stalemate. The Confederate victory at Chancellorsville, Lee's perfect battle, should have tipped the scales in favor of the Confederacy, but Union advances in the West had left the South in a patchwork of smoldering ruins. In June, the Army of Northern Virginia, under Robert E. Lee, moved north from Fredericksburg, in an effort to relieve pressure on the southern countryside and possibly break the back of the Union Army. In order to protect Washington DC's vulnerable northern flank, the Army of the Potomac moved forth to meet them. After a series of small battles, both armies met here in a small farming community in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. Marching on both sides were units that would continue their service well after July of 1863. Units who serve with the Army National Guard today, both north and south, who can trace their lineage back to that battle. And now no longer enemies would serve under the same banner in the Army National Guard. Formed from the pre-war Massachusetts militia, such as the 4th Battalion of Rifles, the 13th Massachusetts Volunteers were made up of men of good standing from the Boston community. After cutting their teeth at Second Bull Run and Fredericksburg, the 13th Massachusetts arrived here at Gettysburg on July 1st. Today, the 13th Massachusetts is the 125th Quartermaster Company of the Massachusetts Army National Guard. Facing the 13th Massachusetts was another battle-hardened unit. Raised in Montgomery, Alabama in May of 1861, the Fifth Alabama was veterans of some of the bloodiest battles of the American Civil War. By the time they reached Gettysburg, they had already served at Bull Run, Malvern Hill, and Chancellorsville. Today, the Fifth Alabama still serves as part of the 31st Chemical Brigade, Alabama Army National Guard. In the sweltering heat of July 1st in these hills to the west of the town of Gettysburg, the initial clash in what would become America's bloodiest battle took place. Confederates under General Harry Heth were advancing towards the town from the northwest at a feverish pace when they ran into the cavalrymen of General John Buford. Buford knew that he could not defeat the overwhelming numbers of Heth's men, but he knew he had to fight a delaying action. He set his men up in the rolling hills and ridgelines such as McPherson's Ridge to the west of the town. Buford dispatched messages to General George Meade of the Army of the Potomac and John Reynolds of the First Corps, demanding haste. Reynolds' men would be needed in a blocking position to prevent the Confederates from taking the town. As the Confederates advanced and took each ridgeline, Buford would pull his men back to the next ridge, forcing them into a savage uphill fight once again. While the Confederates and Buford's cavalry exchanged ferocious volleys, the men of General Reynolds' First Corps advanced from the south to meet them. As Reynolds' men arrived, they were immediately faced with a swell of Confederate infantry. The ferocity of the fighting increased as he deployed his men along Chambersburg Pike. And while leading the famed Iron Brigade forward himself, General Reynolds was struck down here by enemy fire and killed. For most of the morning, the men of the First Corps fought well, driving back repeated attempts by Archer and Hess men, and trapping some Confederates here in the railroad cut, capturing many, including General Archer himself, Behind the Union lines, the last regiment of the 1st Corps was arriving, the 13th Massachusetts Infantry. Immediately put into service, erecting breastworks in front of the Lutheran Seminary, it would not be long till they saw some of the day's fiercest fighting. In the afternoon, things changed drastically for the men of the 1st Corps. The 13th Massachusetts was rushed from their positions over at the Lutheran Seminary to this location here, on the extreme right flank of the Union's 1st Corps. Fresh Confederate forces under the command of General Robert Rhodes had formed here on Oak Hill and crashed into the right flank of Union lines. Among those advancing forces were the men of the 5th Alabama, part of O'Neill's Alabama Brigade, advancing against Union positions behind a stone wall. However, as the fighting progressed, they advanced forward, guarding the interval between the advancing North Carolina and Alabama brigades. As they advanced on the Union flank, they faced a withering fire and the fire became too much and they were forced to fall back. Major Eugene Blackford, commanding the 5th Sharpshooter Battalion, recalled it as such. Then sounding the retreat, away we went at our best speed. I was much concerned, but could do nothing against that mass. We had not gone more than 100 or so yards when, halt, halt, was heard. And just in front of me, to my infinite delight, could be seen a long line of skirmishers of Early's division, sweeping on to the front. The 5th and their flanking attack were being reinforced. With Early's men smashing into the 11th Corps along their positions, the Alabamians and the North Carolinians were able to reform for a coordinated attack. The 5th Alabama and their comrades turned around and began charging back into the Union lines with a renewed vigor. As they surged forward, they smashed into the lines of the Union 1st Corps. From their positions on the extreme right flank, the newly arrived 13th Massachusetts was locked in fierce combat for several hours, rebuffing attacks from the Alabamians at Oak Hill. With their ammunition running low, the men of the 13th joined the rest of the 1st Corps as their men pulled back from their positions here and fell back into the town of Gettysburg. As the fire slackened, with numbers largely reduced by killed, wounded, and those who had gone to the rear with wounded and prisoners, we withdrew from extreme advanced position back across the open field to the first piece of which we passed through and were part of our brigade then faced in another direction. From the crest of the ridge, we saw considerable bodies of the enemy. Moving to our left, towards seminary, where from the heavy firing, we knew our troops were being badly pushed. Looking to the front, and more especially to the right, where there had been a gap between us and the 11th Corps, we could see the 11th Corps withdrawing, closely followed by long lines of the enemy. We knew it could only be a question of a few minutes before the orders must come for the removal from this exposed position. With Union positions collapsing all around, the men of the 13th Massachusetts joined the stream of Union forces, moving back along the road into the town of Gettysburg. Private George Jepson of the 13th recalled. It was not an Army Corps, nor his brigades hardly even as regiments, that they got there. But for the most part, singly or in twos and threes. At the close of July 1st, the Union Army would find themselves pulled back here to Cemetery Hill. Though overwhelmed on the first day, Buford's plan had succeeded and allowed time for reinforcements to make it here to Gettysburg and mass on Cemetery Hill. The fighting on the first day teaches us some valuable lessons. Number one, General Buford identified some key terrain and then he utilized that terrain to allow time for his reinforcements to arrive. Number two, the men of the 5th Alabama taught us that massing your forces at the right point of a battlefield can break even the strongest defenses. Lesson number three, the 13th Massachusetts taught us that no matter how hard you fight, a defense is only as strong as its weakest point. The morning of July 2nd would reopen fighting across the battlefield and in the peach orchard, a new and even more bloody struggle would begin.